70 years ago this year, uh, two significant events took place. Two important events took place. Firstly, I was born. Thank you, my friends. Secondly, and more importantly, my family got a television set for the first time. Now, it was one of those huge, great wooden things. Do you remember them? Yeah, and, and in the bottom right-hand corner was a tiny little flickering screen. And most of the time, I think my dad had to stand on a chair with an aerial to get a picture. Do you remember those? But, of course, the reason that my parents uh, got a television set was in order that they may uh, invite the neighbours in, <laughs> but in order that they may look at the Queen's coronation, which, of course, took place uh, the following year, June 1953, I think. And last week, 70 years later, we had those wonderful celebrations of Her Majesty's Plattingham Jubilee. The Queen's coronation was full of uh, remarkable ceremony and pageantry, as you would expect. But there are just three um, things that I think we should highlight. Firstly, when she was presented with the great orb of state, you know that sphere, that golden sphere with a cross on the top of it, the following words were used. Receive this orb set under the cross and remember that the whole world is subject to the power and empire of Christ our Redeemer. Wow. And so all of us, and perhaps especially the monarchy, are accountable to the rule of Christ the King. And all of us are set under the cross. Each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest. Secondly, the Queen was presented with a Bible. And when she was uh, receiving the Bible, these words were used. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. And so the, mor and the monarchy is not only a symbol of t uh, temporal society, but is subject to the God's wisdom, God's discipline, and God's direction. Praise be. And thirdly, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who I think at the time was called Geoffrey Fisher, is that right? I think that was right. He led in prayer, and this is the prayer he said. Strengthen her, O Lord, with the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Confirm and establish her with thy free and princely spirit, the spirit of wisdom and government the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and true godliness, and fill her, O Lord, with the spirit of thy holy fear. And praise be, there is so much evidence that the Queen has been ready to receive the Holy Spirit and to live and to reign in the power of God's love. And we should be grateful for that, should we not? Amen.
But you know, as last weekend's Jubilee uh, celebrations unfolded, I... He'll not sell ice creams going at that speed, will he? As last weekend's Jubilee celebrations unfolded, I couldn't help but think, I wonder how Her Majesty felt on that June coronation day all those years ago. I bet she had a few butterflies, don't you? But could she have understood the enormity of the role that she was taking on? Could she have foreseen the changes that lay ahead, the joys, the tensions, the challenges that were before her? Well, I for one doubt it very much. I don't think she had any inkling of the things that lay ahead. You know, our scripture reading today that Joe has read so beautifully for us is part of a longer passage where Jesus explains the work of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Now, they had been through a Pentecost experience, but we can't recapture precise details of what had happened to them. They conveyed its impact through an imagery of mighty rushing winds and tongues of fire. Wow! That was no ordinary church meeting, was it? Can you just imagine? Would you have liked to have been there? Mm, Yeah. What an experience. But now, Jesus is telling them that there's more. He's telling the disciples that even though they've been through that, still they don't fully know, and still they can't fully understand. But, he reassures them that they know enough for now. And the Holy Spirit will come to guide them and give them greater understanding in the future. Just as Her Majesty the Queen couldn't possibly comprehend her future, so the disciples at that time couldn't understand their calling. They couldn't fully embrace the enormity and the wonder of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't get their head and hearts around that which is God. Oh, they'd had that deeply personal yet corporate spiritual experience of Pentecost, and that had transformed their lives. They changed from being a tentative, uncertain band of followers, and they became agents of change, soon to be accused of turning the world upside down. But first... They had to be turned upside down and inside out by the energising power of the Holy Spirit. But even with that mind-blowing experience, even they couldn't fully come to terms with it all. And here's Jesus saying, enough for now, you'll get some more later. And what was true for the disciples is true for us. Our experience of God grows and develops over time. Of course, it's informed by our past a bit, where we've been and what we've done. Yet we always have more to learn and more to understand. But we live and serve and minister and witness 
in the here and the now. And the Holy Spirit will give us what we need, the strength and the empowerment to do just that. I wonder, uh, can you remember when, where and how you first came to faith? Can you recall that time? For some people, it would have been a Damascus Road experience, a very dramatic time. For others, perhaps a quieter, more gradual experience. For me, it was going to a Dick Saunders campaign. You heard of Dick Saunders? He's a poor man's Billy Graham, that kind of thing. And uh, I went to this Dick Saunders campaign and at the end of the evening there was an appeal given for those who would like to come forward and give themselves to the risen Christ. Now I've got to tell you, I had no intention of going forward, but my feet got up and walked so the rest of me followed. And uh, on that evening I had the, the wonder of committing myself to the Lord. And even though it was a, a wonderful, heartwarming experience, at that time, I couldn't possibly realise all that God is, was, and will be. It would be an impossible. There's imagery that we often use as uh, Christians, as disciples, walking with God. We often use that phrase. It describes our relationship with our Heavenly Father and how such a relationship can grow and develop as we go forward. And that imagery can perhaps help us understand uh, something of Jesus' teaching in our passage today. It's as if in that pleasant stroll or on that journey, the Spirit gradually unfolds the truth. Who likes to go for a walk? Yeah. Now, who likes to go for a walk with somebody else? Who'd like to go for a walk this afternoon with my dog? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> you know, when we walk along, when we walk with someone, we learn. We share. That other person, your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other or who else, shares with us and you share with them. And that's how we walk with God on life's journey. And God shares with us his wisdom and his love and his direction. But we are to hold on to what we have and celebrate the here and now of each moment. For God is with us today, is he not? Well, apparently not. God is with us today, is he not? Yes. Amen. And my friends, if you're longing for the past or only focusing on the future, it doesn't leave an awful lot of room for the present, does it? If you're longing for the past and look into the future, you kind of lose the present. It could be easy, couldn't it? It could be so easy for us to hanker after the past, after what was. You know, those times when the church was overflowing, when there were so many kids in the Sunday school, we had to come back in the afternoons. Remember those days? They were good days. 
But if we hanker after those times, and if we are tempted to daydream about the future, when all our questions will be answered, yeah, that's right. All of that doesn't give us the time or the energy to focus upon the here and the now. But we, like the disciples, are called to be God's people of the present, engaged and empowered and energised to serve in the here and now. And that's exactly why we gave away 800 glasses of lemonade last Sunday, or Saturday, whenever it was. That's why we had to do that. Not just because it was a nice thing to do, but because it was an opportunity to witness today to this community that we love, and more importantly, that God loves. And God demands our attention today. Oh, he doesn't say we'll be able to do it all. Far from it. But what he does do is make sure and guarantee that that which we are called to do in the here and the now, both as individually individuals and corporately as a fellowship, will be empowered and energised by that which is the wonder of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we can't feel the Holy Spirit, can we? But it is there. Uh, let's do something, shall we? Uh, just put a hand up. Okay, so you've all got hands, that's handy. All right, okay, I want you to blow on it. Now, if you'd like to, offer your hand to your neighbour and let them blow on it. Oh, you mucky crowd. <laughs> Did you feel it? Did you feel that breath? And that's how God operates. That breath of the Holy Spirit. We can't see it any more than we can see the breath that we breathe. But we can feel it. Energising us, enthusing us, filling us. And like a bottle of lemonade, we should want to explode with God's love in this God's community. Excuse me. Trinity Sunday. Does anybody actually uh, know and understand the doctrine of the Trinity? No, nor do I. It's one of those that is difficult for us. But in a nutshell, it's a way of celebrating God. A God who brought us into being. A God who reaches out to us in salvation. A God who binds us into one body and who accompanies us faithfully on life's journey. And whilst the doctrine of the Trinity may be a bit tricky for us to understand and the concept of a three-in-one God may be difficult for people to comprehend. We rejoice, for God is indeed our creator, God the Father. And our God is indeed our saviour, Emmanuel. God is with us, God the Son. And our God is indeed our supporter, our facilitator, our encourager. Our challenger, God, the Holy Spirit. A God who holds us dear and who seeks to empower us in the present 
just as he has Her Majesty the Queen. And I pray that today, in the here and the now, we will be fully energised by the Holy Spirit to serve him in this, his world. Oh, yes, but I've been there and done it, and I don't like the taste of lemonade anyway, and, oh, I'm too old, or I'm too young. Stop making excuses! And allow the Holy Spirit to have his way, to energise us, to empower us, and to use us in our ministry as we serve him in his world and to our God creator, saviour, sustainer Father, Son and Holy Spirit be all praise and honour glory and power forevermore thanks be to God Amen